chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're just getting... Tonight we want to look at uh, laying some more foundation, prophets and prophecy. Um, you can hear of self self-professed prophets that um, say they they have a word from the Lord and and do they have a word from the Lord and what word from the Lord is from the Lord and and what isn't. Um, and then, Lord willing, next Sunday night we'll, we'll get in and start looking, um, Lord willing, walking through the prophetic time that is given, taking time to look at various issues. What is the next event on God's timetable? And we'll look at that, Lord willing, next week and begin and, and spend however much time God feels that we should there. But in 2 Peter chapter 1, notice if you join me in verse 16 of 2 Peter chapter 1. I'll begin reading verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You notice Peter in, in writing to these believers, he said, um, we were eyewitnesses of these things that took place when the voice of God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, we were eyewitnesses of that. But he says in verse 18, but now we have a more sure word of prophecy. You know, we take so for granted the Word of God that we have and the completed canon of Scripture that we have because if it was just a verbal message that God gave, we go back, is that what He said and how did He say that? Now we can go back, we can look at it, we can read it, we can study it, we can examine it, we can memorize it, we can be refreshed in it. And this is what he's saying. We have a more sure word of prophecy. The written word is what God has given to us. God, throughout the, the big picture, if you please, revealed his will unto mankind in various ways. 
And he gifted to the church in, among other gifts, he tells us in Ephesians, apostles and prophets. Um, the first gifting of the New Testament church was the apostles of whom Jesus Christ was foremost. And the basic meaning of the apostles is one who is sent on a mission. And these included the twelve that Jesus sent on a mission. Um, without going into great detail, Paul was an apostle born out of due time. But they, they were sent on a mission specifically by Jesus Christ. We're not going to go into that in detail here tonight. The prophets were individuals that spoke revelation from God, and sometimes they expounded the revelation that was already given, where they were fulfilling the role of teachers. But they always spoke for God but did not always give a newly revealed message. The prophets were second to the apostles, and their message was to be in line what was already delivered by the apostles. Now, the the apostolic message was more general and doctrinal, whereas the prophet's message was more personal and practical. But even before the apostles and the prophets of the New Testament age, there were the prophets that we are familiar with of the Old Testament age. And without going in, there's Daniel and Hosea and and the other prophets of the Old Testament that came with a message from God. A prophet's assignment was to speak and a message from God that they could not adjust. It was often to rebellious people. It often brought opposition and reproach and criticism and, in some cases, execution. They delivered those, the Old Testament prophets, Jesus Christ came, there were the apostles and the prophets, and um, the, the office of the apostles ceased with the completion of the New Testament, and as well, the church, they, they were established to help establish the foundation upon Jesus Christ and the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. Once the foundation was laid, the work of the apostles and prophets was finished. If the purpose of the prophet was to reveal truth from God, there is no longer the need for that because we have the completed canon of Scripture. We have the complete Scripture In the Word of God. Remember, um, in the New Testament time, we call it the New Testament time, although they didn't have the New Testament, but it was, they didn't, they weren't able to say, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. Now we have the written Word of God, we have the completed Scripture, 
everything is given to us, and um, so we can go back, study, okay, what did the prophet say, how does it apply to our life, and we have no need for added revelation. The Spirit of God will guide us into truth, He'll open our eyes to see it, but God has given us everything we need. Um, the foundation of the Mormon church is built on the fact that they don't believe that Scripture is sufficient. They believe that God gave a revelation to Joseph Smith that gave to us the Book of Mormon for we the people now. So it is very important that we understand the, the voice of God is complete in the Word of God. But we want to tonight to go back and look at the prophets that God raised up in, in a general term because we're going to be going and looking at their prophecies. Many of the prophecies have already been fulfilled, but more have not been fulfilled. We mentioned last Sunday night more prophecies will be fulfilled by Christ's second coming than have been fulfilled in his first coming. But the themes of the prophets, as you go back and read the prophets, the themes of the prophets were often of impending judgment. God raised up a voice, he came to them and he said, I am going to bring judgment. Jonah was sent to be a prophet to Nineveh, to bring judgment. God is going to bring judgment. And God's purpose for that, the message from God that the prophet came, was impending judgment so that it would bring repentance. And it did bring repentance to Nineveh in, in Jonah's day. So their, their number one primary was, was impending judgment. But often... Involved in their prophecies were a theme of social justice in the sense they repeatedly called people to do what is right. They repeatedly called people to have compassion, to minister to others. And so their, their message would at times involve social justice. It would involve condemnation of idolatry. Israel was notorious for repeatedly following false gods. And the prophets would come on the scene, and God would raise up a prophet, and he would say to them, I want you to go to Israel, and I want you to illustrate to them how they have been unfaithful to me, and I want you to call them to repent, to put away their false gods, and return unto the one true God. And then... Another theme of the prophets was the coming of Messiah and his kingdom. In fact, the people that lived at the coming of Christ were familiar with these prophecies of the coming of the Messiah, and they looked to Jesus to fulfill that in person. That's why they were so disappointed when he was crucified and, and when he said to them, it's needful for me that I go to the cross. They said, wait a minute, you're the, you're the Messiah. 
but they didn't see the big picture. We'll get into that later as we look at prophecy. But the coming Messiah and future deliverance was woven throughout the prophet's message, and that provided great comfort and great hope. So those are some basic themes of the prophets. We want to look at some distinguishing marks of a true prophet. Distinguishing marks of a true prophet. Number one, the source of his message is God alone. It is thus saith the Lord. It is never the result of um, sorcery or a cult. Or some guy saying, I just want to get a message from God and I'm going to go out and, and fast and pray until I get a message from God. You notice what it said in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It was not by man. Ah, I think I, I know what's going to happen, and so I'm, I'm going to give this uh, statement. No, it was not by the will of man. It was holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's the inspiration of Scripture. They spoke when God moved upon them. It wasn't they went into some seance It wasn't they went and sat on a rock and hummed and then got some vision or anything. This was God moving upon them. You you read the prophecies and you would say, why would anyone want to give this prophecy unless it was one given by God? But it is the source of his message is by God alone. A true prophet never changed the message. They spoke God's unadulterated truth regardless of personal loss, regardless of shame, regardless of physical harm that may be done to them. And they were concerned about the accuracy of the message. They understood, God gave me a message and I must deliver this And it was not important to them how it was received. It was important to them that they could look to God and say, I have delivered the message exactly as you wanted it delivered. It was not up to them to alter it. They were concerned about the accuracy of the message. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. God warned the children of Israel about this matter because he knew there would be false prophets that would be raised up. Notice Deuteronomy 13 and verse 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him 
and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Notice he warned him. He said, there will be prophets that will come to try to draw you away from the true God, and they will have signs and wonders. But don't let them alter the truth of God. The same thing is true in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, notice if you look in verse 8. Galatians chapter 1. Paul said, I, I marvel that you're so soon removed from the faith. You, we taught you it's Christ alone for salvation. And now you're going back to these other, that to, in order to be a follower of Christ, you need to do this and do this. And, and he said, verse 8, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Don't let them change the message of Christ. It doesn't matter if they say they're an angel. It doesn't matter if they have signs and wonders. In, in fact, um, anything that takes us away from the truth of God's Word, Paul said, let them be accursed. They never, a true prophet never takes people away from the Word of God. They always point to Jesus Christ. We'll touch on that in just a moment again. Number three, a true prophet is willing to suffer for the sake of the message. Again, I cannot change the message if I deliver this message and it means that he despise me. We read in Jeremiah chapter 38, they came and said to the king, King, this guy is not prophesying good things about us, and we need to do away with him. So they, they threw him into the pit of mire, and there he was in, in this mud and mire and, and up to his armpits and suffering for the cause of why. This is a message that they knew they would not receive. In fact, Many of the prophets were told by God, this is what I want you to say. I know they will not listen to it, but it's imperative that you speak it. How would you like that message? I, you go say it. They're not going to listen at all. Well, why do you want me to say it? Because I want them to hear the truth, he says. I mean, Ezekiel, he told them that, they're not, they're not going to listen to you. Their, their hearts will be hard as stone. He says, but don't let the looks on their faces. I, can, I, I just imagine what the looks on the faces. He, he said, don't let their looks, don't let their attitudes, don't let how they, they respond to you stop you from giving the message. I mean, that's pretty incredible. When, when you know this is spiritual warfare and the demonic forces that would be resisting that, you can only imagine what the looks were and, and the, the reproach that was brought. But they were willing to suffer for the sake of the message. And a true prophet announces a message that is consistent with truth. 
Their message must neither contradict or disagree with the previous revelation of truth. This is very similar to what we looked at number two. They never changed the message. But it, it builds upon what God has already given. It, it, it isn't something completely different. I mentioned the Book of Mormon. It contradicts the Word of God. That's one evidence that you can show that it isn't reality. It isn't truth. Because God is not going to contradict. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them. He didn't come to say, ah, get rid of all that. We've got a new system here. He said, no, I've come to fulfill them. So he, um, he builds upon that, and it is consistent with truth. The distinguishing mark of a, of a true prophet, he maintains a life of personal integrity and character. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Mention going back to number four, announced a message that is consistent with truth. Years ago, early in the ministry, I I was visiting with someone and and they went to another church and um, and they said, Oh, Sunday night, a guy got up in church and said he had a message from God, and he said. Um, the message from God is that this person is to divorce her and marry this person. And I thought, seriously? you? And they were actually believing it. And I thought, that's not consistent with truth. That's not consistent with the message of God's Word. And see, that's the danger you get in when you don't believe that this is preeminent. Every, anybody can come along and say, I, I have a message from God. But is it consistent with truth? Is it the reality? And, um, and again, a true prophet maintains a life of personal integrity and character. Look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. False prophets live evil lives. They alter the truth. They contradict the message that God has already given. And their lives betray their message. A true prophet maintains a life of personal integrity and character. And number six, a true prophet has 100% success rate when predicting future events. 100% success rates 
when predicting future events. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. And notice if you'd look at verse 21. Verse 21, And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Meaning, when a prophet speaks... And it is from God, it will come to pass. This is, this is foundational for our study on prophecy. If this isn't true, then anything that is prophesied about the Lord's coming and, and the future, we have no ground to stand upon. But a true prophet, it will come to pass. It is 100%. And God warns us in Scripture, though they may be attached with signs and wonders, in fact, Antichrist will come and perform many miracles. And people will believe, oh, this must be God, because look what he's doing. Just because there's signs and miracles does not mean that it's of God. A true prophet doesn't need, is not authenticated, by miracles. Now, God did allow some to do miracles, but that isn't alone what authenticates it. A true prophet that has a true message from God, their prophecy will be 100% fulfilled. Every year, it's amusing to me, every year at the end of the year, people come out with their predictions about the next year and prophecies and the psychics come out and and um you know as somebody said recently if psychics were true why do you never read psychic wins powerball lottery you know what i mean if they knew what they were doing they ought to win the lottery every every time it's there but the people come out and predict and then they say yeah look at he had this prediction right last year how many predictions did he give And was he right on 100% of them? The Word of God is right, and every prophecy that is given will be 100% fulfilled as is given. Now, I want to quickly make some application. We are not prophets. We, in the sense, are left here to understand the truth, but we are not prophets But we must be encouraged by what the prophets have declared. And that's why we're going to be studying prophecy. Um, It will be an encouragement to us to read what the prophets had declared and to know that this is going to come to pass. Number two, we are not prophets, but we must know the truth and speak it. It is important that we know the truth. We aren't, we aren't given any revelation of future things, 
but we are to be God's messengers, God's ambassadors, to know the truth and then to declare the truth. In the sense a prophet declares the truth, we are to know the truth and we are to speak it. Thirdly, we are to live lives consistent with the truth. As we said, a prophet's life needed to match up. We are entrusted with the gospel. We are to live lives consistent with it. And then lastly, we are to never forsake the truth regardless of the cost. I mean, this is God's Word, and this is what it says. And um, will it be offensive at times? Yes, it will be. We shouldn't do it in an offensive manner. Sometimes in the way we've done it in in history as Christians, we've been offensive in how we've done it. There will be times um, that it is very offensive. But the bottom line is, as individuals and as a church, we must be committed to truth. And we must speak the truth and, and never forsake it, regardless of the cost. You know, um, we see a lot happening in churches in our nation today. And, and many times, doctrine is minimized and it's just, oh, if, if, if you love Jesus, come join us. Or if you love something, you know, sometimes it's not even love Jesus. And, and the truth of the word is not emphasized. It is most definite that, that there have been many people who did not stay here, per se, because of some disagreement that they had with truth. You know what? Our job isn't, and don't get me wrong here, our job isn't to build a big church. Our job is to proclaim truth. And we ought to we ought to be friendly. We ought to be cordial. We ought to reach out. We ought to minister. We ought to do all those things. But the bottom line is not what will get people in. Get people in if we give away Powerball tickets and, you know, free meals and whatever. That isn't the bottom line. The bottom line is, as a prophet was given a message, we have been given the message of God, and we must know the truth and speak it, and that's why we're going to be going over this series in in prophecy. We are living in, in very, very critical times And we need to understand the times so that we can speak the truth. And we need to live consistent with the truth. And you know what? It may be, it may cost us something. But we live for the pleasure of God. We live to please God. We have an audience of one. And the prophets were committed. This is the message God has given me. This is what I must declare, and they were faithful to it. As I said, Lord willing, um, next week we'll get in and start looking specifically at some of the things that are on the horizon. And the reality of it is, you know, it'd be wonderful for, for all of us as believers if, We never made it to next week. You know what I'm saying? 
And seriously, nothing would surprise me that we don't even finish this prophecy series. I mean, there are things happening that, that years ago people thought that'll never happen. This whole, this whole uh, Russia, Iran, and Syria thing, God's already talked about that. And there was no way that was ever going to happen. And now look what's happening. I mean, take heart. God has given his prophets the word. We have it recorded for our study so that we can know the truth, walk in the truth, declare the truth, and help rescue others. Heavenly Father, may we be faithful to the calling you have given us. May we be fervent in our love, first of all, for you, and then for one another, and then for the loss that you've left us here to be salt and light to. Lord, I pray this week we would delight in your word, that we would meditate in your word, that we would hide your word in our hearts, and Lord, that we would be people of the book, that we indeed would be followers of you. We love you, we thank you for truth, and we thank you for the privilege to live in these days and to know that you are at work. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.